Hello, this is Joshua Bell with a Kilt on the Cloth. This was my sermon from February 20th, 2022, entitled, What You Talking About? Focused in on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from the lectionary. It's Luke chapter 6, verses uh, 27 to 38. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 61. And I had somebody ask me this last week, uh, which version of the Bible that I use for my scriptures online. And I use the New Revised Standard Version. Um, And I just wanted to let you guys know that that are watching online that it might sound a little bit different than what you have at home. Um, But that's a conversation for another day. Hear now these words from the text. But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, praise for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold it, even your shirt, give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to, to is that to you? For even sinners love who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, for your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. I have to be honest with you about when I started to create this sermon. Well, I decided when I what I usually do is is I look at the lectionary text and I kind of kind of decide if that's kind of where I'm wanting to go at the time. And I really felt like I wanted to spend some time in the Gospel of Luke. Where our Bible study that meets on Tuesday morning is studying the Gospel of Matthew. I've been studying the, the Gospel of Mark yet again for my class, and it was kind of nice to be able to preach from a different Gospel than the ones I'm studying and or teaching. The problem with this passage is, is that when I picked it out, I was mad. I was super angry. And and for some reason, I don't even remember what it was I was angry about, but I remember creating the sermon title going, what what are you talking about, Jesus? 
Love my enemies? You've got to be kidding. I could hear myself in the, in the depths of my agony going to God, listen, what is, do you realize what you're asking me to do? And of course, you know, I'm in the middle of this class and I'm, I'm having to listen to it from the first century lens and these people that were non-elites that were having to hear these words from Jesus that's saying to them, listen, you have to love your enemies. The Romans, they're not necessarily fully bad guys. They're still children of God that could kill you just because they feel like it. When they take your cloak, you're supposed to Give them your shirt also. When they slap you in the face, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. When they wrong you, you're supposed to let it happen. When they steal for, from you, don't try to seek it back. Ah, oh, Jesus, why would you make us do these things? I was angry. There's some po powerful things in this. There's these radical and powerful words there's two themes. First, in verse 27 through 36, that talks about radical love. The love in the face of hatred. Who can show and live such love except God? And yet, Rabbi Jesus seems to be expecting to find it among his disciples. In the second part of this, in verse 37 through 38, he gives you a uh, an even more complicated statement when he says a non-judgmental attitude for there is no doubt a reflection of his own approach of life and ministry. I mean, in that passage is, is my generation's favorite passage of scripture to quote. We always quote the King James Version for some weird reason and say, judge not yes, lest ye be judged, right? That's, that was my generation's favorite phrase. But all of these things pale in comparison to what it actually means. To love your enemy. That's really hard, church. That's not saying, hey, you should do this. It's saying that you have to do this. It's the same way that God loves every human being that draws breath. Even our enemies. It makes sense when Jesus says things like, they don't know what they're doing, God forgive them. In those passages, in those moments, we're supposed to give a benevolence that human beings really struggle with. And it makes it complicated. I want you to think about this for just a second. Our, our understanding of love is a little skewed, right? We've had this conversation several times in sermons, but I, I want to talk to you about this idea of loving your enemies. You know, it's funny that we're talking about Gunnar because the, in the aspect of prayer, because in the, when I was growing up, he, he lived just north of where I grew up in McAllister, right? McAllister's known for one big thing besides the Italian festival is the prison. And in McAllister, you know, I grew up with the understanding that executions happened all the time. I remember very clearly one time that I was working out at Gunner's Farm and, and uh, his oldest son, Sean, who was my best friend and probably 15 to 20 years older than me, 
he, he was a different dude. Really, really just out there kind of guy. And he said, you, you really need to see what happens the day before they do an execution. And I never understood what he meant because, you know, here I am growing up in McAllister. We knew of it as, as that place west of town. We never really noticed that it was there. So the day before an execution, for those of you that don't know, there are protesters outside. Those that are protesting to have the person killed. And there are those that are protesting to, to give him clemency or them clemency. And they're angry. And I mean, I'm talking full-blown at any moment a riot could start right outside the state prison. So Sean decided that I needed to see this. And so he asked my dad and my mom for permission, and, and they told me, and, and, they, and they said, yeah, you can go, but you have to stay in the truck. Now remember, when I was in high school, I was a, a big dude. Like I lifted weights. I was pretty pretty tough guy. I wasn't really worried about anything happening to me. But my mom and dad and Sean said, you're not allowed to get out of the truck no matter what. And I remember pulling up as this was getting ready to happen before they executed someone. And in the midst of that, you could feel the vehement anger coming through the glass. So thickly that it was so hard to breathe. Those that were wanting this person to die and those that were not. And I remember being it thrust into my face in that moment. Wow. I've never seen that type of anger before. But Jesus does something a little weird here. To love your enemies, he says, you know, you love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. You see, you, you really don't understand what that means until something extremely bad has happened to you. And I was reminded, you know, those of you that remember, I worked at the youth shelter in McAllister. And a lot of people that I came across were in the most God-awful of circumstances. Where DHS had come into the home so many times that at some point you know what's going to happen to these people young people. And I will never forget the young man that came into my life. And, and I remember it very distinctly because from the moment that kid was born until the moment he was 15, every single day, his biological parents beat him to an inch of his life. To the point, at some point during the morning, they would literally physically kick him out the front door and down the steps because the drug dealers were coming in shortly and they didn't want the kid to be exposed to that. Every single day of his life, he was told that he didn't matter and everything that was about him was horrible. And yet, he was told, these are your parents. You must love them. And every single day was filled with violence and anger so thick that you could feel it standing next to him as he breathed. And then one awful, fateful day, 
in the midst of his life, what happens usually is his, those young men end up becoming a part of a gang. It becomes an extended part of their family, and everything they do is to protect their gang's interests from the moment that they wake up until the moment they go to bed. Everything they do is to protect each other and their wealth and their stuff. And just one fateful day, he and his friends or his gang members were in a car and they were driving down the road and they happened to see a young man walking on the sidewalk that was wearing the wrong color shirt. And he shot him. They killed him right there. In his mind, he thought he was doing the right thing. He was protecting his gang. He was protecting his now family. And everything about it made total sense at the moment. He was so proud of what he had done to protect his family that when he went to court, being tried as an adult, when he went to this moment, because he's now committed a capital offense, they said, did you do it? And he says, I absolutely did, and I would do it again to protect my family. You know, the ones that love me. Now, that's not the story I want to tell you. The story I want to tell you about is Miss Lucy. Miss Lucy was that young man's mom that was on the side of the road. The shirt that he was wearing, his mom and his grandma bought him for his birthday, and he was literally walking down the street to the grocery store to get a gallon of milk because his mom needed it. And it was a perfect example of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. He didn't have a hateful bone in his body. He sang in the church choir. He did all kinds of things in the community he was just this sweet kid that just happened to be in the wrong place at the right, wrong time and happened to be the same age as the young man that shot him. Now, I will never forget what happened to that young man and, as he gets tried and convicted and eventually put on death row. But the part of the story that you need to understand is Miss Lucy and his church and her church decided that it was important that they started praying for that young man that was incarcerated. And over time, Miss Lucy decided that it wasn't enough. If she was supposed to be the image of Christ, that she needed to, what did she do? She went to visit him in the prison. Went to Big Mac, walked into the building with more guts than I could ever muster and asked to see the young man. And she brought, they brought him into the room, and she sees this young boy sitting across the table that's never experienced the love that that young man's life had been taken. So she made it a mission that every Thursday she would go to the state penitentiary and go visit him and pray with him and talk with him and show him love that he never received. And all the way up until his death, made sure that he knew God loved him. And so did she eventually. You see, folks, this is not a happy 
passage. This is not simple passage. This is something that is a struggle that we struggle with every single day. And you know why I was so mad when I created the sermon title? Because we don't get it. If Miss Lucy can forgive the murderer of her own son, why is it that we cannot look past people's political parties? Why is it that we cannot look past people's socioeconomic statuses? Why is it that church cannot look past the color of people's skin? Why? It doesn't make sense to me. We're supposed to be smarter than that. We're supposed to understand what it means to love our enemies. I mean, this is hard, Jesus. What are you talking about? To be merciful? Just as your father is merciful? Oh, and Miss Lucy forgave that young man. And yet, we struggle with somebody cutting us off on the road and forgiving them. You see, the people of the first century understood their life to be every breath that they took might be their last. Their enemies literally were everywhere around them. Everything that they had could be taken away in the blink of an eye, and nobody would have known the difference. It was as if they never existed. But the words have lasted over two millennia. And it becomes a struggle for us as a church and for us as those that follow in the footsteps of Christ to recognize there's a difference between consequences and repercussions for our actions and God's love. Society has those rules and regulations. Did it say that this young man should not have gone to prison? No. He broke the law. Are we supposed to forgive him? Yes. What are you talking about, Jesus? Here's what I know. Jesus gives us this language in order for us to try to do better. To be better. We're still struggling with it. And each day is a new journey of how we're supposed to extend that love. In Jesus' mind, God has found all, all of God's creation beautiful. I think God weeps when we hold grudges. I, I think God weeps when we forget how to forgive. I think God weeps when we don't extend mercy. It makes sense then when we look at these things, when we look at how our enemies can become a friend. It's a very rare moment. Would I be able to be like Miss Lucy? No, no, no I, don't, I don't know. That would be, I can't lie to you. I have to be as transparent as I possibly can. That would be extremely hard for me. But I do know that she motivated me. I do know that she's changed my life forever and gave me the ability to see God's love in a way 
that I never, ever thought I could understand. So we as church get to do better. We have to do better. And in this moment, we hear these words. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, other offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.